Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening and happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers out there and uh, and uh, like to hopefully they get to enjoy the day and the family does some nice stuff for all the mothers because without them we wouldn't be here. So uh, thank you to all the mothers and again happy Mother's Day and I got Terry Kemper here with me. Good morning Terry. Hey good morning Merle. How you doing? I'm doing okay. You and I walked the line last night at the end of the day, checked the sprinklers, sort of the the final get to let your let the breath out and sort of ooh. And <laughs> when the sprinklers are going yeah, at the end of final, the day, we, we walked the line. Nice. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I always like that because it's the just the the angle of the sun and seeing everything getting watered and uh yeah it's quite quite peaceful out there so i really like that part of the day yeah absolutely and uh, even like during the week because it's a little bit later on weekends we close at six but uh weekdays we're open till eight and the sun's just a little bit further west and yeah you get that the reflection coming and yeah there's uh nothing better after a, a busy day at the garden center what a great day yesterday yeah so many great people out yeah, so many great people out visiting and uh, picking up everything. And we had a truck roll in this morning already. So fresh, fresh product almost, I would say, every day coming in. So um, come on down. We got uh, we got you covered, as we like to say, <laughs> at Spruce It Up. So beautiful stuff. And so much of our stuff is Alberta produced. So very proud of that as well. And uh Again, green up lawn fertilizer. If you haven't got that yet, we have that fully stock, stocked up. And again, made in Alberta now. Bigger bag and same price. So the savings, we just didn't tack it on and uh, we passed it on to you. So that way we could uh, give you a little bit bigger bag, same price, same great product. It's uh, I adjusted the numbers just slightly, just went to a 1828.8. But you're, you're going to find it. I just want to lower the phosphate just a bit and raise up the nitrogen just slightly. But you'll be uh, very, very happy with the results. When you use to green it up in your lawn, you, as the bag says, greenest grass on the block. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm just, this spring is just feels so good. We have such a good team. People are happy. People are out doing stuff in the yards. Um, I don't know, Terry. This feels uh, feels good. Good, yeah, good season think, so far. I think all of that combined with our great weather too. I mean, it's just been phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take one of these every May. It's, uh, it's been great. Yeah. Well, and all of your independent garden centers, like what are the ones? Like you, you get going, and no matter which one you go to around town here, like we almost we go from zero to five hundred miles an hour, especially a year <laughs> like do. this. You think three or four weeks ago it was minus 18 and then we have to get everything in fully stocked <laughs> I, I sometimes it amazes me how we how we do it and it it just uh said very proud of our team and uh and again to all the other garden centers out there that uh are there for you so anyways uh get out do some gardening and it is the season and it's perfect weather i'm great for planting and the stock looks phenomenal. Like the time you spent with your with your growers, Terry, and uh, chatting with them, and 
and working with them on the varieties and the different things that we've done and Lisa in the annual section. Um, it just looks every, it looks phenomenal. And Brad's been like, he was roaming around the store at six this morning, opening doors, getting everything going. So Brad keeps us up and running all the time. He's the ops manager down there and phenomenal yeah. job he's doing. He sure does. And yeah, does absolutely. Job. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I like to get it early before everybody. So that way I get all that stuff out of my system. <laughs> he likes to give her and, <laughs> and he's running around on the machine restocking and doing everything. So, uh, Anyways, um, him and I were chatting this morning. I was turning the sprinklers back on, ran them another cycle, getting ready for the show, doing some other stuff. So um, anyways, thanks to everybody. And uh, everybody have a hopefully a great gardening season um, out here in Calgary. But uh, Terry and I are here to answer any of your questions. One, eight, one four, I actually don't need to say one, but 403-974-8255. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. That is also the text. And I got a quick question. Morning. I'm wondering if Pure Spray Green is a, or about to be discontinued. I'm getting mixed reports. I'm. I know. I. I, I am the only place in town because I. I end up having. I bought all the stock. There was like there were. They were talking. About, they discontinued it in the retail. I'm going to get it through one of our distributors, but one of our distributors was getting out of the biz and no one else has picked it up. So I we do have probably another year or two supply and it's the pharmaceutical grade mineral oil that works as an insecticide and a fungicide. It's a phenomenal product. It's uh, It just works well. And again, made in Canada. It's made by uh, Suncor, which is Petro-Canada. So again, it's a byproduct of our of our petroleum industry and it's it's a great product for the plants and i, I like it a lot better than uh, the dormant oil or some people out there with their dishwashing detergent and uh spraying it on their plants i just i see more harm from that kind of stuff or vinegar or trying to do things because that stuff's corrosive and if you leave that soap on your plants it works like a magnifying glass and it'll just fry your plants up so we don't want to be using any of that kind of stuff. Or if you do happen to use it, make sure you rinse it off really, really well because um, you can cause more harm than good. So, um, so yes, we do have a, a very good supply of, of the Pure Spray Green in stock, and we are working with um, the the developer and those guys to get it back into the retail market. Uh, but, again, our uh, wonderful federal government loves to – tack on these high 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 fees for, for these guys and we just don't have the people in Canada sometimes to justify the amount of investment that is taken to, to, to bring those stuffs to market so unfortunately um, we're going to see what we can do and hopefully we can we can get around some of that and get it into the retail but like I said we, we still have a two or three year supply of the pure spray green so we should be good for a bit but let's move on to some callers. And right now, though, Terry, I'm seeing so much beautiful blooming trees and shrubs around town. Yeah. Um, like the, the apples and the and all the fruit trees are just starting to bud out like crazy. You're yeah, certain, everything, like Prince, starting Princess K. Plum. Yep, Princess yeah, Princess K. Plum and pear trees are typically the first. 
and I've seen both of those. I've seen some Forsythia. We were down, we just did a project down at the Stanley Park Lawn Bowling. And they actually have some beautiful gardens around there, like around the the, the city of Calgary building there. They have some gorgeous uh, Forsythia and some big, big pear trees, some big oak trees. So that's a beautiful little park even just to walk around if you're looking for different specimens just to look at. Some some great-looking trees down there. But we replaced the boards and did some work for the for the bowling club down there, Lawn Bowling Society there in Stanley Park. And hopefully they have a good season. It looks great down there. And here's a hi to Ken down there. He looks after the turf. And he says he's an avid listener to our show. So we'll say hi to Ken down there. Hello, he's Ken. The turf, <laughs> he's the turf guy down there. So anyways, let's uh, let's get to the – we got callers on already, Terry. Okay. And uh, let's let's go to the callers and we'll uh, we'll start the show off here. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning. How are you um, doing today? I'm doing just lovely. It's a beautiful blue sky day out there. It, it is too. How can we help you? Uh, a couple of years ago, I planted several um, Gold Coast junipers. Yeah. And they went through the first winter fine, but all five of them died this past winter. And I took them out and put in five um, Golden Globe cedars. And I want to have some advice on looking after those and protecting them for the winter so that I don't and lose those again. What part of town are you in? Signal Hill. Okay. Yes, up there you, you do get a fair bit of wind as well. Mm -hmm. um, the cedars are going to be... Um, I guess a little bit more marginal than the, than your junipers. So, um, what I would do, I was insure, I would ensure that you, they get watered in really well, and mm -hmm. then once you hit September, I would look at using um, wilt proof on those just to give them a protection. They they work like it works like a lip balm for your for your evergreens. Mm -hmm. So it, it's an anti desiccant. So again, cedars like there's no really native cedars here in Alberta, like uh -huh. a couple that are close. It's just our dryness and our Chinooks. And you especially be on the west side there, you get a little bit more of that coming through. And when we get the Chinooks coming through, it, it does roll through there pretty good. What can I do to protect them from the uh, from the wind? Uh, <laughs> that, uh, like I said, wilt proof on them in the, in the fall. Um, and you sort of spray that on every couple months throughout the winter when it's warm out it has to be above five degrees and like i said that's like lip balm it sort of protects them just like we get our our lips get really dry and chapped and uh cracked in the winter mm -hmm. same with our plants they just so that that works like an, it's an anti-desiccant you spray that on the foliage mm -hmm. and that should definitely help out water in well um have mulch around them so they stay frozen don't cover them with burlap or anything that causes most time more harm than good. What about putting up like a little screen uh, with the burlap? Put some yeah, you could do that out in front of it the on the west yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, and that works like a bit of a snow fence as well. Like when the snow blows on the other side of it, typically mm -hmm. the snow will drift on the on the opposite side of it. So you can definitely give that a try. Any other tips, Terry, for growing cedars here? 
Yeah, the big thing is just the the desiccation that um, occurs with them through the winter. So uh, if through the winter you see that they're getting dry, um, don't be afraid to, to get some water to them on those, di- you know, when we start getting into those Chinooks um, and that ground will take that um, take that moisture in. Uh-huh. Okay. Because uh, it's, it's not the... Um, it's not the cold that does them in. It's it's that you know that freeze thaw that we occurs through um, through our chinooks. Uh, okay. And by the time you know we go through a number of chinooks through the winter, um, they basically come spring. They're just they're done. They're exhausted because you know they've they've started, stopped, started, stopped, started, stopped, and then they just they haven't got much gas left in the tank. Come spring, so. Um, you think they've made it, and then you kind of see that, you know, that green sort of turn to that crispy, you know, um, yeah, ex- well, ex- uh, exterior. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it like we just, uh, we go just a little bit north of us here, you know, up in Red Deer, um, Edmonton. Um, cedars can grow just fine because it gets cold there and it stays cold. So yeah. it's our nooks that really um, play havoc with us trying to, to grow cedars nicely here. What about uh, the... The uh, dwarf larches, do they need any protection over the winter? I don't know they drop all the needles, so the desiccation's not an issue. Um, yeah, if, if you can source them, like you're talking about the, the Camphorii larch. Oh, I, well, I, ha- I did put some in. They're just dwarf larches that are supposed to only grow to like two feet by two feet or something like that. Yeah, there's there's some that get you know in that meter high, uh, meter wide. So those should be fine. Those should be mm-hmm. just fine. Yeah, um, again... Like any new plant, the first couple of years is going to be the most critical uh, in getting that established. But, and those, uh, those yeah. went in at the same time as the uh, as the Gold Coast junipers, and there one of them died off like two thirds, right. but c- came right back again when I pruned yeah. off all the dead, and they look like they're all greening up nicely. So, yeah, nope, sounds like you're you're off on the um, on the larches for sure. Yeah, they're they're and great. This anti-desiccant stuff, is that uh, I come down to spruce it up to get that? Yep, we have yes. that here. Yep, that's the wilt yeah, proof. And yep. it's called wilt proof. Wilt proof. Okay, good. Uh, All righty. Thanks. Thanks, right. Trevor. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Yeah, it's hard, Terry, and I, I see them. There's a certain – there's a couple areas in town that can grow them. I've seen them, and it's kind of ironic, the name of Cedar Bray, but you, they, they can grow them in Cedar Bray. I've seen some gorgeous cedars in that area. And Riverbend as well on the other side of town, um, they can grow some, I don't know, they're on a little plateau up there, Riverbend and some of that Douglasdale in that area. Right. Um, Mackenzie Lake, I've seen some beautiful plant, like it almost, like I've done, like when I go do plant consults or, or, or landscape design things, you pull in there, and, all, and some of the plant material just looks different. Like it just, you can just tell there's a little bit of a microclimate in there. A little something different going on there, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So some of those places they can do it. It it's just so hard. Like the cedars, and we, we are starting to get like we have the North Pole spruce, some of the upright junipers. Um, it, it it's just hard to get that larger upright evergreen to survive. I've seen some beautiful upright uh, pine trees though that can give you that nice look. Like I said, my neighbor a couple doors down um, in his yard, Wayne, he has it's a gorgeous pine, just straight up, looks phenomenal. Um, it's about 10 feet, 12 feet high already and it's just beautiful. 
but it's hard to get like when we go to on vacation and people go to Kelowna and and you and you drive around and you see the cedar hedges <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it isn't it ain't gonna happen here. Like it no. is, you can't do it. So unfortunately, I would. Uh, but we get we get that question. I probably get it once or twice a week minimum, um, wanting to do something like that. And if, if anybody can create that uh, tree, they will have a winner, and <laughs> we'll be able to sell a fortune, uh, sell a million of them. So for sure, they anyways, will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. If you want to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's favorite year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I have uh, Terry Kemper with me as well. <clears throat> We're getting lots of texts, which is great. Um, I'm just looking at this one. I always like when people overwinter some things, too. Good morning. These are my begonias I overwintered. Can I pinch them back to encourage branching? And this is from Dana. Absolutely. Um, definitely just give them a little pinch off the top there. And I would look at, uh, you're probably going to be transplanting them very soon anyways. Yeah, but if you give those a pinch, they'll thicken up nicely for you. And they're a gorgeous looking begonia. Yeah, good and job. Some, those are nice. Yeah. And some tagetes marigolds in the background there so ready to go but let's go to sylvie on the phone line good morning sylvia oh good morning merle good um, morning morning um i have some tomato plants and they've got really leggy they're yep. about three feet tall Aye. and it's going straight up there's nothing like coming at the sides and i'm putting them into planter boxes about two feet um deep um, is it? You think I could yeah. So these? what I would do, I would pinch off the top, but then I'd bury them about. I'd bury about a foot deep. Try and get dig your hole as deep as you can to the bottom of that pot, and stick the plant in the bottom. And then so you're you're burying like half of it or one third yeah, of it. Yeah, I realize that. But um, how can I like the stem is like the stem is only about eighth of an inch thick. I'm just wondering. Yeah, but when you when you put it in the soil, that will help. Yeah. You could you could probably pinch off the top three or four inches, but then when you put it in the soil, that will help hold it up. And if right. you need to get a bamboo stake, it'll thicken up once you get already. But um, uh, like you said, to pinch the top off of them. Yeah. This, this just take. Tip. Yeah, just take like one or two inches off the top, like just down to just above one of the leaf stems. Okay. And then that will help thicken it up. But once you bury it into the soil, right. it will start sending roots out like crazy out the okay. side of that. Okay, and... I was just wondering if I could save them or not because it oh just... yeah, no, they'll be fine. Just they'll be fine. Just okay. get them into get them into the soil, nice and deep. And uh, um, would you, <coughs> bury... is it too soon to put them in now. Um, when you look at the forecast, it looks pretty much perfect. So. Um, yeah, it's I hard to say. Typically, to, so. yeah, typically we would say no, but this year I, I, I would uh, I wouldn't hesitate to put them out myself anyway. Okay, so. sounds good. Okay, right, Mel, thank you very much. Thanks, Sylvia. Have a good one. Yeah, you Bye-bye. too. Thank you. Bye bye. <clears throat> yeah, and it, the, it's always the hard day, Terry, because right now, and we we're not getting our evergreens. A lot of them until next year. We have some in for sure. 
yeah, but a, a larger yeah. portion we waited because typically at this time of year we can get that minus one, minus two. And when you have that tender plant material like tomatoes, begonias, and when you get into the evergreens, that new growth on even the spireas, hydrangeas, blue spruce, um, the fir trees, the Alberta dwarf, like they take no frost. Like that no. just, it, for as tough as a spruce tree is, I'm always amazed <laughs> at how like the new growth um, takes nothing. Like it, like it, yeah. <laughs> it'll just fry instantly so yeah and, and for yeah like you say for that reason we just leave them um out with, with our growers just for that extra little bit just to ensure that we're not bringing them in and having those uh having those turn color on us because <clears throat> they'll be fine if that happens but they just don't they just don't look the prettiest when that happens so no absolutely so <clears throat> anyways we but now we're we've uh, we've shifted into overdrive at the garden center with our trucks and everything. So we get we're trying to get everything possible in as early as we can. So I know we have trucks coming every day this week from our nurseries and greenhouses. Um, keep filling up, but you can't, you can't get it much fuller right now. Um, we 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 have it jammed in there pretty good. So great selection. But we better take a quick break. You'd like to join right. us after the break. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I've noticed on some social media, and also I just got a text here. Um, my son brought home some seedling trees, and they shipped the seedlings frozen. They show no sign of growing. How long should you wait to see if they grow? It's it's a oak and a sycamore. Will a sycamore tree grow here, Terry? No, I don't. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Um, see, I wonder shit. why this sometimes the schools would do that, eh? And the oak, depending what variety of oak, um, you sh it should be able to go. They're down in Medicine Hat. They might have a little bit better luck down there, but they also had another text. We have this juniper turning brown and, and crumbly dry. Is this lack of moisture or some other? Yeah, that one's just winter desiccation. And unfortunately, um, I would say by the time you cut all that out, there's not going to be much left of that one. But you could try, like, prune all that brown because once it goes brown, it what doesn't come back. So cut all that brown out and see. I've seen them turned into some pretty gorgeous um bonsai looking or topiary looking um junipers once you have to remove all that but unfortunately yeah that's just de winter desiccation and it and it's hard on that one for sure it's a tough winter like in the fall when we have that real dry fall again really really tough so oh and here's another shout out to all the mums and green thumb grandmas who inspire us thanks for your great show i agree Happy Mother's Day again to all the lovely ladies out there. And let's go to the phone line. We got Ivy. Good morning, Ivy. Hi. Um, Hi, and that is the perfect gardening name, Ivy. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I How can we help a, you? I just have a quick question. Um, I planted green beans on my patio this year instead of flowers. Okay. And um, I planted some 
in windows, like in and planters hanging over my balcony. Uh, uh, today's the ninth day, and there's nothing. They haven't sprouted. And I'm Have you kept I... them? Did you use any inoculant or anything with them, or did you soak? Like the beans are going to take a little bit longer because they have a harder. They take a little bit longer to germinate. So just ensure that you keep it fairly moist, and in the sun, they they'll pop up. They should still be, like, I, I'd say two weeks sometimes for them. They're always they take a little bit oh, longer. Oh, so I should have soaked them in water before a day yeah, or two before. Yeah, you, you could have done that, but just keep it moist in the soil. And your beans should be fine. They always take and, a little bit longer. And do I need really deep soil, or will they be okay? They're just a, no, a bush be, type. How deep is it? Um, it's about six inches. Yeah, that should be enough. Um, okay. It's a, it's probably right on the on the on the cusp, but they don't they don't grow down. The beans grow up, so um, okay. you should be okay. fine. And I planted green onions also, and they haven't sprouted either. Okay, by seed? Yeah, seed. Yeah. Again, onions, they're not the quickest as well. Like ones that you can tell, like radishes, carrots, a lot of that stuff, they pop up in two or three days, it seems uh -huh. like. Um, but the onions and uh, and the beans, definitely a couple of those are on the slower side. With this heat, keep them moist, and uh, you should see some sprouting up in the next couple of days, I would think. Okay, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, okay, Ivy. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's – I always remember that, like, looking out in the garden. Like, my mom would – they would seed everything, and you'd see some stuff, like, just sprout up like crazy, and then other stuff you kind of – okay, what's going on there? But some it's stuff – it just takes yeah. a little bit longer. When the seed crust is a little bit heavier or, or thicker, you'll feel it. Like, they're, they're like peas, beans. It's a little bit uh, – yeah, just thicker walled seeds, so they take a little bit longer um, to get going. Let's go to uh, David. Good morning, David. Good morning. How can we help you? Yeah, I've got a couple questions. I've got some um, Saskatoons. They're wild, but they are 10, 15 feet high, and they're coming out full leaf. The flower buds are in there, but occasionally they get a blight on them. Would that pure scrape? pure spray green stop that if i put that on right it, now it would help but are you getting those like those orange cysts sort yes. of thing on them yeah so what they need that needs to get cut out as well oh yeah okay i've been trying to prune it back and catch that but uh i yeah it, it, I that one's a fruit. tough one hey terry any advice yeah. on that yeah that is a tough one you say uh when you do experience that just just trim that out okay yeah, they are, they are wild. They were transplanted about a, two feet high, and uh, they've really taken off out here. <laughs> uh, and another question. I've got a, a high bush cranberry. It's supposed to have turned red leaves in the fall, uh, bloom and have edible fruit. It has never had the red leaves. It has never had the fruit. Yeah, that's that's tricky because um, you know no two falls here are the same for us. Uh -huh. um, we we go through one. Uh, how long how long have you had that? Oh gosh, four or five years now. Four it's five it's years. about maybe four or five feet high. Yeah. So, um, and I always say you know, I, I never start really evaluating uh, a plant too hard until it's been in my yard for probably at least that third year. That's oh, when yeah. I really really start looking at it. And then there's so many factors that that can be at play there. 
um, the amount of sun it's getting. So it, maybe it's in a in a spot that um, possibly too shaded, or um, yeah, or the other way, uh, too much sun, too little sun. So you kind of have to d- sort of evaluate your own yard and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, know, know know the needs of that plant and and try to match it so that um, you're doing everything you possibly can for it. What's um, y- your um, care in terms of fertilizing has been pretty consistent on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, like I, I have to put the uh, deer net around it, or the darn deer will take all the the tips off it in the winter. <laughs> right. Yeah. So everything everything that you're looking for in that plant is in the genetics of that plant. You know, so the the flowering, um, fruiting, the the leaf coloring. Yeah. Uh, it's just that um, I've got mm-hmm. one that doesn't. Yeah, well, and, and it could just be that you know maybe you just don't have it quite sighted right in your yard. So, yeah. well, I'll give it a shot of fertilizer this year and see what happens. It's yeah, try some thirty ten ten. Okay. And I, I very rarely see like they always say cranberries will give you that, but I very rarely see them. Yeah. Like some people, if it's in your soil, like Terry said, I think they need a bit more sun than what okay. sometimes they recommend. Like I, I've they got call the them rage. a low. Yeah. I've got Rage yeah. Plus here. I could try that too, I suppose. Yeah, they need a bit more trace element. So I'd try the 301010, trying to get a little bit more acidity in there. Okay. Um, And and give that a try. Is it in a really sunny spot? Yeah, fairly well. Front okay, of my house, good. south side. Yeah, I, like I said, in, in our falls, we need that little bit longer fall because yeah. the cranberries stay green so long uh, and then they'll turn the, the, the nice colors. But yeah. A lot of times they get frozen on there before they ever do it. So that's that's happened, yeah. Yeah, no, I that's the I see that and 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 that's the problem in Alberta. Like a lot of these plant material that we bring in that isn't native to our area, it uh-huh. does we don't get the same performance values that they typically will give where they're native. Oh yeah. So yeah. so we get it every five years maybe or something. So <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. All Thank right. you very much. Thanks, David. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm here with Terry Kemper. We are taking your calls, 403-974-8255. And we're going to go to Lee. Good morning, Lee. Hi. Good morning. Um, I sent you some pictures of my open signal hill. And I just moved into this place last year, and the the front garage pad had this brown patch on it. Doesn't grow green. One, should we just take them out and replace them with something else? Okay, I'm just I'm just having a quick look here. Yeah, those are junipers. Yes, those are done. Yeah, those I would just done. dig those all out. Okay. Then then I would try and dig out some of the old soil too. And then uh-huh. just get a couple of bags, a nice three-in-one potting mix, put that in there, amend the soil back up. Okay. And, Alrighty. And in that kind of corner, so what kind of stuff is best to put it in there? Is for flower or, or put some green stuff back in there? Because that um, is where, where all the snow going in in the, in, the, in the winter. Yeah, so you could do some really nice, like you could put two or three hydrangeas in there. Would do really uh, well. I- Oh, hydrangeas. Yeah. Okay. Fire hydrangeas. Yeah, because they don't mind the snow cover. Okay. And that okay. looks like a fairly sunny spot, so they do really well there. 
Oh, okay. So just and maybe a couple them, echinacea yeah. cone flowers would be good in front of them. Cone flowers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Okay. You're thank welcome. you. Okay. All right. Bye bye. And we do have a text. It says, "Do we have any Japanese peonies?" And yes, we do. Um, Terry brought in. You have uh, you have a good selection of those right now, Terry. Yeah, there's um, there's some itos. Uh, we did get some fern leaf peonies in um, as well. And, yeah, that's uh, the Japanese ones, right? Yeah, the um, well, the sometimes the um, like the Japanese tree peonies, um, and yeah. so the herbaceous peony and the um, Japanese tree peony would kind of have the itos, which yeah. perform like either one. Uh, they, they're sort of their own little beast there. But uh, we do have some of those in, and um, I mean, they're great, great plants. I mean, one plant can produce just a mass of flowers. So, um, Absolutely. They're, they're a little more on the expensive side for sure, but, but a great investment. So um, those are the itos, and then we also have some of the herbaceous peonies as well. So lots of choice there for peonies. Absolutely. And we're getting quite a few texts on, uh, on your grass. Um, so right now, the grasses are just like in your lawn it should be just going like crazy and we have angela she had some um looks like some dead spots from the previous owners from her dogs uh, i would what i would do is just rake those areas really hard like get rid of a lot of that brown in there it, and if you can pick up some of the dog spot prevent it'll help neutralize that soil and make things able to grow there again but give your area a really good rake Fertilize. She already says she has the th couple bags of the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. And and then just start watering. And she asked if you water it after you apply it. You, absolutely, you can. You don't absolutely have to, but we're, there's no rain in the forecast. So I would definitely get the sprinklers out there. That gets the, the lawn fertilizer activated and starts working. And you'll be amazed at how, how it gets going. And, and one of your pictures, Angela, it, it sort of shows like where the shade of the fence or a building, it's just not as brown because it'll need that sunshine to get going. So give that all those areas a good raking and uh, fertilize and get it actively growing. Then you might need to overseed on some of those really bad dead spots. So what I do is I get a bag of the three-in-one mix into like a pail, fill about halfway up, and then just get a bag of grass seed and then just mix it into the soil. And then you can just go around and you just shovel it out of the pail right into those spots. It already has the mixture of your of your soil and grass seed in one pail. And uh, and you're good to go. We have the pre-mixed ones as well. But when you have a fair bit, it can get a little bit pricier. So it, it's just a little less expensive if you get yourself a, a couple bags of the three-in-one and a bag of grass seed and just mix that together and you're, you're, you're good. That'll give you a little, lot more coverage and uh, and a little less expensive at that point but yeah right now all the lawn i know i gotta mow my grass after the after the show before we head into the before i head into the garden center and uh, i only have a very small lawn so it'll take me like my wife jokes she goes uh it's only gonna take you like seven minutes now to mow the grass so <laughs> i said i could probably do it in five but who's counting <laughs> anyway so uh yeah so right now that's sort of what I recommend. If you want to um, top dress, I do recommend let it get growing a little bit. Start seeing a good greening up of the lawn. And then with if the fertilizer is already on there, and then that's when I recommend top dressing. 
if we if we top dress at that point and then the grass is actively growing and there's a lot less chance of of suffocating your lawn and 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 causing more harm than good by by burying the, all the roots let it get growing and you'd be amazed at how fast that lawn will eat up that soil all right and actually we're right at the point where we need to take a break and if you'd like to join terry and i phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening a quick shout out to mel he's from the medicine hat hort society and uh, he was down at Spruce It Up. I didn't uh, get a chance to see him yesterday in between, but he was down visiting from Edison Hat and uh, picked up a few goodies. So happy Mother's Day to you and your family there, Mel, and, uh, and to Chris. And uh, all, all is well down in Medicine Hat. And we are going to be looking at getting our fertilizer down to Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, hopefully in the next little bit. So chat with your garden centers if they're interested. Um, we're going to be able to get down there now that we got it uh, made in Alberta. We're going to be able to spread out the green it up a little bit further there, Terry. So, <laughs> yeah, all right. Certainly demand for it down there. Absolutely. Let's go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Morning, gentlemen. How morning. you doing? Good, good. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms listening to the show today. Absolutely, Dwight. I have a question. Last summer, I got a 35-year-old uh, Macintosh apple tree. Oh, nice. And last summer, uh, <clears throat> during that heat dome, the top two, two and a half feet died. And okay. I was kind of hoping this spring it was going to come back. So now it's all leafing out on me, and it, it's not going to come back. So my question is, i got to prune it off. So my final cut, should it be a flat cut? Or an angled cut and this is on the top the very top yeah that it's two branches going straight up um <clears throat> no matter how you cut it <laughs> is a <laughs> sort of a pun i guess no matter how you cut it um there's always a chance i would probably get some because it, you're on top there and it's going to be flat i'd probably try to go at a bit of an angle if you can yeah just look at where the cool, right yeah, where the, wherever the collar is going, just follow the collar, like where the branch hooks into the main trunk. You'll see right. that there's a collar there. Right. Just I would follow the angle of the collar because then it can heal up. Okay. All right. So should I seal it up? I got some lac balsam here. Yeah, if I was to use anything, I would use lac balsam. And on that apple tree, I might do that. And you might even want to put a little bit of that copper spray or something on that on a wound like that big. If it's facing upwards, you right. might want to. But they, it, if you do it, if you follow the collar, it should heal properly. You should be fine. Okay, so should I make the cut just at the base of where the the dead wood is, or should I go into the? Into I would the go green? into right up close to the collar. Like you'll see where it joins the main trunk, you'll see a little crease. So well, don't try and cut there I don't all think at I once. I want to do that. The, the tree is about fifteen feet tall. Okay. Well, you like, gotta find to a go spot where down. you can cut it. Then, yeah, you gotta find it, like at a branch or somewhere, like where it's joining is, like where it's dying down. It, there should be a branch there. If you want to send me a text, wait, maybe send a picture of it. I can maybe just circle where I'd maybe recommend. Okay, I'll send. I'll take some pictures and I'll send them to you guys. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, yeah, Dwight. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are always tricky um, when you're pruning because a lot of times in the in the in the orchards they will prune stuff horizontally because it's a lot easier to pick. So when you when you drive through the orchards out in Kelowna and stuff like you'll see the cherries and the apples, they're all kind of pruned out and they kind of mm-hmm. grow horizontal. Um, the one worry though is when we get our heavy snow and that it can cause some some issues that way. But uh, give it a try. Let's go to David. Good morning, David. Hi. Hi. How can we help you? Um, I'm in Northwest Calgary, and our um, we, we kind of have a very big clay base, uh, and, and we're wanting to develop our backyard a little more, put in some flower bed, hedge beds, things like that. And I'm just wondering, um, is our only option to dig out the clay and bring in bags of dirt, or which is a little more expensive, but or is there something we can do to break down the clay? Uh, you can't really break down the clay enough to really, but I, I like there's clay all through calories, so we we all deal with that. So what you can do is you could do like a little bit of a raised bed. You could like you could border your beds like with four by fours, or a small brick, or you could just cut an edge like go three or four feet out, and just cut a nice lawn edge like in the lawn. And go straight down. You can mound up. You can sort of go in about three or four inches, and then just start mounding up. Like just add more loam or soil to your beds that way. And then just mix in some of the existing clay a little bit. Mix it up, and and that's usually more than enough. Like our shrubs and trees and perennials, they're all used to growing. Like they'll grow in the clay once they get through that topsoil. Um, you'll be you'll be totally fine. We that's. That's how we garden in Calgary. Okay, yeah. So there's no way like to put anything that will over time start turning the. Like we we, we 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 do have zeolite. We have a couple things. They say gypsum helps, and and we definitely have those additives. But it's something that you're you're not going to change the 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 whole with the soil. Like it just we and we're all dealing with it. We all grow beautiful flowers, so I I, I wouldn't worry too too much. Like okay. when you get down, dig down. Dig like make it clumpy. Try and get some of the other topsoil or loam into there, but just mix in the bottom part and then just mound it up. If you get six eight inches, um, you're totally fine. Totally fine. Okay, awesome. All right, thank you very much. Right. Yep, take care. Bye bye. Sometimes we get we get too caught up on that, Terry. And I see I see on some of these uh, even on the, some of the social media things and some of the recommendations I read and I dislike. I, I, I turn most of them off because <laughs> I just the advice and sometimes that you're getting on there. Not really agreeing just, with what's being said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just they make it so difficult, right? And we we like in Calgary and trees that we we grow in clay all the time, and trees will grow in clay. That's they get rooted in there. If it was all this fluffy loam, too, we we'd see a lot more trees blowing over, like they seen in Augusta. Like when those big trees blow over yeah. at the masters, because yeah. yeah. they our clay is actually really good for a tree. Like once they get through the soil, they root into there, and that really helps keep them stable. That can withstand the wind and everything that we get. So, um, I'm I'm that's yeah. Growing in clay is just we mend the top bit, get it going, and then once it roots into the, the clay, you're totally fine. We got to take a break for the news. I'm sorry. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. Um, we do have Dawn on the line. Let's go to Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. How can good we help you? I have a dewworm problem that uh, I've been trying to get rid of them for quite some time. Um, it's an old established lawn that I've had for, it's been in for, we're in Sundance, so it's been here for about 28 years, but I've tried to put sand and I've tried zeolite and I've tried a bunch of different things, but uh, I just can't seem to get rid of them and there's castings, so it's really creating uh, a real minefield on the do, lawn do, for running the lawn. Do you have an irrigation system or how do you water? I do. We've got an irrigation system in it. Okay, and sort of how do you have your settings? Um, I, I try to keep it, I think it's about, well, it varies, but usually it's about every three or four days. I try like to water. 10 minutes or 15 minutes or? Yeah, about 15 minutes. Okay. So what I'm going to recommend is, have you power raked yet this year? I haven't. Okay. So I'd probably recommend power raking your grass. That'll help break up the clumps on top. And then we're going to change your settings to two to three times a week, but we're going to go like 20 minutes in the morning and then maybe 20 minutes afternoon, just a little bit slower, deeper watering. And, and just to get, cause what's happening is the, when you just water the surface, like in that 10, 15 minutes, we got to get the water down deeper cause the worms come up to where it's nice and soft, where it's wet. So they'll come up. So if we start watering deeper, they have no need to come up, and they'll stay down lower. So, oh, okay. So okay. I would. that's what I would recommend. I would recommend maybe if you just, on the days that you water, water in the morning and then maybe an hour or so later, like 20 minutes each time, and then that way you're getting that slower, deeper watering. And with the irrigation system, it's nice because typically you're not spraying it all over the sidewalk. You're not going to be wasting any water. So and so okay. instead of watering four or five times a week, only water twice a week, but just more at one time, and get your get your get your uh, and it'll be better for your trees and shrubs, and uh, it'll help keep those dewworms down as well. Okay, because I I thought about some chemical, but the problem with the chemical is then kills the worms and the we've got a lot of birds and of course the yeah. birds eat that. Yeah, and it, it's a tough one. You have to do a soil drench and to get down and really do anything and and they got rid of most of that carbaryl and few of the other ones that we used to use um and and don't do this but i always anytime anybody asks about this i always joke i always laugh i think about the the old guys with the wire and hook it to the battery <laughs> <laughs> I, I i saw that one too and i thought no nah, i don't think so. <laughs> it'd be fun to try but don't do it we're not recommending it do not do it do not do it but but uh, for for a good youtube video it might be kind of fun <laughs> anyways maybe that's something we could do on our own we'll we could talk <laughs> All right. Well, okay. that, that's how I'd recommend Don because it's more of the environment. So we have to change the environment where they're at and get just the water get moisture. deeper. Yeah, water deeper, and uh, and then they have no need to come up to where it's soft. So they're just that. And, and like I said, this will help your trees and shrubs and and your grass a, a lot more as well. Uh, should I aerate as well as power rake? 
I, I would just I would just power rake, um, and I'd do it fairly soon, or or get out with a good, really good rake and give it a good raking. Um, power rake, I just like it because it 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 it. it it rips the roots of the grass too, which is good. It helps get the grass thicker. It'll break down those piles of uh, from the from the worms, and 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 you should see a difference. And I'm not sure if you're using our green up lawn fertilizer. Um, yeah, I actually. Nice thick lawn. Yeah, I actually just uh, used green it up uh, just the day before yesterday, and I have started watering, turned my sprinkler system on. Okay, so I'd, I'd probably have to re refertilize after that. Well, no, because most of it should start getting in there. Like I would just do the power raking and then give it a rake up. A lot of the granulars were already be in deep enough, so if you've okay. already watered a couple of times, they disappear pretty quick. Okay. All but right. if you want to give it another shot, but just change your watering pattern. Okay. No. Alrighty. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks, Don. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And actually, it might be a perfect time to give away on the text line. If you'd like to get a gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, be the fourth texter, and Renee will get your name and number on there, and we will get you a $100 gift card from our good friends at... 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So perfect thing to do a spring cleanup. Maybe do that for mom. You can go and clean her yard up for her, help her out. Or if you're just living in the basement, get up a little early and uh, get up and help your mom do that and turn over some beds or something. Hey, Derek, my son, is he listening? I hope so. I need some help in the yard. <laughs> Anyways. Um, here we go. We got a bunch of texters coming in for there. And I would say we're pretty much, we got the four already. So if you haven't text, we already got it. So you're good to go on that one. We're going to take a quick break. And when we turn, we'll take some callers. Uh, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. We definitely got a, quite a few texts on the line we can go through, Terry. And holy, I better get those. But uh, phone lines are quieter today. I think everyone's maybe they're making brunch for uh, for mom, I think. And here's a here's one that we're going to see lots of right now. Can you tell me why my flowering plum only has blossoms on the bottom, and if I can do anything about it? You, 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 they they will come probably a little bit later, but part of it could be um, just there wasn't a lot of uh, moisture, enough water to to fill up the blooms up top. But it looks like it's going to get a second batch, like they're starting to bloom up top. What what causes that, Terry? Like when you you see the one picture, there's a double flowering plum. She has one foot of solid blooms on the bottom, and the top half has nothing. Yeah, so I expect a couple different things could be going on there. So um, I think the the ones that she's experiencing right now um, is kind of where the snow line would have been on that plant. Yeah. So those blooms um, would have been insulated by that. That's that snowpack, 
uh, around them. So um, that also could have pushed them a, a little bit further. Uh, in turn, like you say, the rest of that shrub looks pretty good. So I wouldn't discount just yet that she's not going to get some blooms on the top of that too. It might just be a little tiny bit further behind, like only by maybe a day or two. Yeah. Absolutely, I start, I seen a couple up top there, so I, I agree with you. I yeah. think it's just going to. Uh... So that is a that is a zone hardy plant for us. So I wouldn't despair, but um, I would also be make sure that uh, and it'd be interested to know what she's right. done on the fertilizing of that too. So that if you want to get the maximum out of your flowering shrubs, you've got to fertilize them. Um, so if, if she's using fifteen thirty fifteen on it, um, if she's not, I, I would recommend that to her just to help promote that plant to do everything that it possibly can do. Um, and it's a fairly good-sized shrub, right? Yeah, um, no, it looks so, like it has a ton of growth up top, which is great. Yeah. And, if, and that's <laughs> one thing I do find is that, you know, when people are taking plants home from the garden center, they want to do absolutely everything that they can for these things. Um, and then after they've been in the yard for a couple of years, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sort of falling out of love with, you know, fertilizing it as much as I have you're kind of on your own but as these plants get bigger their their need for for that nutrient um is still there and actually oh, more so because as they get bigger um they're going to be you know there's just a lot more of it to be fed so so i would say if you're going to make that investment in that you know that flowering shrub make sure that you're planning to um to keep it fertilized properly uh to get as much as you can out of that plant absolutely and we got a text from paul it says hi merle Love your show. Listening to it every weekend. Here's my cedars in between my house and my neighbors in Glen Morgan. It's definitely a microclimate and they required lots of water. When you normally see sweet cedars there in a swamp, you can't overwater them. Wishing everyone a happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. And that's from Paul. But his, he has a row of cedars and they're probably six foot, they're, they're nine, ten feet high. He has a row of them. Um, but yeah, actually, they look not too, too bad. Like, uh, not quite a, a Kelowna hedge, but pretty damn good, I would say. Uh, pretty good for, for Calgary. For, for yep. here in Calgary. That's uh, So what I would do in there too, Paul, just get in and cut some of that dead branching, thin them out a bit, clean out the center, and even just give them a little bit of a trim, hit them with a fertilizer like that 30-10-10, and those will, those will bounce back even more, but they look pretty good, so... Give them a little bit of that 301010 and man, you'll see them just look even better. So and I got a quick one here. Birch tree. Had the injections done for the last two years and pruning. Tree looks great. <clears throat> Should you get the injections every year or what do you recommend? Well, I was talking with Mark about this. And we do recommend every year. Um, I, I but I do think you, you might get it depends how bad if you had the birch leaf miner. And if you do a really good fall cleanup with the leaves, things like that um, might make a difference. Um, but if you're in a bad spot where you have lots of the birch leaf miner, I would probably recommend getting it every year. And if you have a birch tree, use the Rage Plus as well as a fertilizer. They love it. And it really helps push life back into those things. With that slow, deep watering, you'll see a huge difference on your... Um, definitely on your birch trees and we do have a caller on the phone line i don't have her name or his okay we're gonna go to linda good morning linda 
Hi, good morning. Hi, how can we help you? Um, we have a lawn that's probably about 20, 28 years old, 25, 28 years old, and um, it's really spotty. And we've tried to revive it. We tried to have a fellow come out last year and do some thatching. And he said, the ground is so hard, I just didn't get anything out of it. And so we're just wondering if we, if it's time to rip it out and start reseed or lay some sod, what would you suggest? I would, like, depending on how bad, but if it's just thin, I, I like, I've seen um, us run, like, rejuvenate a lawn pretty, gra pretty easily. Like, lawn... Grass needs to be fed. So what I would recommend, um, I would use our lawn fertilizer. If you haven't used it, you should see a fairly big difference. Like I've seen it, like, so what I would do is apply your green up lawn fertilizer right now and maybe go go a little bit heavier than what the recommendation, but don't make sure it doesn't drop heavy in any one spot. So maybe just go over it a couple more times with the spreader. And then just give it a really good slow deep watering and you should start seeing it fill in fairly quickly and when you see it actively growing you might want to do a little bit of top dressing and then overseed mix in some of the the mandarly seed that we have that is the blend that's in our sod and once you get that grass growing like grass i've seen it go totally dormant like dead and all of a sudden you just fertilize it water it and it, it it'll come back so that would be my recommendation and i would and, like and what um so the um putting a little bit more soil and and a little more seed on top of it is that just in the really uh spotty areas the real sparse areas yeah you think? so that's why i would get it growing first like give it a good raking right now remove a whole bunch of the dead any of the grass that's in there give it a good raking oh. i'd give it a good fertilizer with the green it up lawn fertilizer because ours has the higher middle number and so that way you'll get the roots growing. We gotta get your roots healthy so it can thicken up. And so you'll fertilize with that, give it a really good watering sort of two or three times a week, especially in the heat we're having in the next two or three weeks. And I'd say in within two or three weeks you should see a fairly big difference in that lawn. So Okay. And the other thing he mentioned last year was um some gypsum gypsum i believe he spread a little bit of gypsum on it yeah that'll help loosen up but like i said i just get it let's just get it actively growing first i think it's just I, it's, to me it sounds like it's more starving and this is a good solid good slow deep watering on it um and we can get that thing revived fairly quickly and what and would then, you recommend for the watering like um we have a automatic sprinklers what would you put on uh for how uh, to do it twice a week like 20 minutes in the morning like so if you went at four in the morning then again at six in the morning depending oh. on when you get up so it's not interviewing in your showers whatever but sort of 20 right. minutes twice a twice twice a day twice a week so four times a week but just a little bit longer in those spots just to help get it up and going and you should see a, a big big difference awesome thanks so much for your help okay and uh take a picture today and then after you put on the green it up lawn fertilizer and uh, share that with us, I'd love to see uh, if this helps out. Uh, can we buy that uh, green it up in um, in the rural areas, or do I have to pick that up in Calgary? Yeah, I only have it at Spruce It Up. Like I I blend this myself, and so it's our blend because most of the stuff that you get at all the box stores and everywhere, 
it's all the same. It's 3204. There's no phosphate in it because in okay. Vancouver and Toronto, like where they sell to the masses, they don't need the phosphate in their soil, but we do. So I've blended this for our area. So that's why it's the best fertilizer for Calgary and uh, Southern Alberta. Sounds good. And I'm going to zip up there on Wednesday anyhow, so I'll pick some up then and I'll do that for you. Okay. Yeah. And take some pictures. I'd love to see it. Please share with us. You bet. Thanks. Thanks, Linda. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that if we could get a few people sharing their uh, the Green It Up lawns. And uh, I know there's uh, Neil. He's a friend of Brad's. He's down at Ponas. He already shared a picture of his lawn. He, he has, honestly, it was in mid-April, Terry, and his grass was, uh, it was, a, he could uh, give the Augusta a run, I think, for, oh, right? for having the greenest lawn. He definitely has the greenest lawn on the block. So, uh, anyways, lots of fun there. And again, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And from Cindy, is it time to get the soaker hose going again? Absolutely. Right now, when all the trees are getting, um, they're starting to fulfill, they're leafing out, needles are coming out, new growth. Hey, Terry, I, I would say this is almost the most important time to water. Yeah, Absolutely. So they're just waking up, and they're going to need that uh, that moisture for sure. Yeah, and when you see your trees, if you get really tiny leaves or not not as many leafing out, a lot of that is just because there's not enough moisture, not enough to 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 give it the foliage all the way to the top, especially as our trees get larger. Like, and that's mainly why you'll see the birch trees dying at the top. There's just not enough moisture, or even you'll see like late in the summer. And some of those hot summers, you'll see the poplars like along Anderson Road there around some of the golf courses. They'll start dropping their leaves. Is this because they just they don't have enough moisture and Mother Nature just it just knows, hey, I got to shut down. Otherwise, I won't survive. So they just start going dormant. So we got to supplement the water, especially right now at this time. It's going to really that slow, deep watering, get those leaves, get the branches hydrated so that way we're getting nice, nice full leaves and they and then they can sustain as well. All right, and a couple more text. What can a person do to prevent cabbage moss infestations? And thanks, P.S., fantastic show. Thank you. Um, uh, that, that cabbage moss, some, a lot of people have really good success with those row covers. Um, Terry, anything you want to add on this? Have you, row I know cover? you don't do a ton of, yeah, they they use the white row cover. Yeah. I've seen that over top of carrots. What it does, it lets the moisture through and the sunlight through, but it keeps a lot of those pests off. And we sell them as a kit, and they kind of have like I always like to say the the croquet set hoops right. you lay over your row, and then we have the row cover that you uh, will cover that row up and it lets the light through, but and the moisture, but it also keeps those moths and other pests out of it. So it's a great natural way to help prevent that for sure. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. We're going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's favorite year-round full-service garden center, Spruce It Up 
green it up, prune it up. And again, thanks to all the people that wrote yesterday, man. It was nice. And I always love all the people that come out. I've never been here before. They're like, holy God. And some of you thinking we're almost into, we started in 2006. So we're getting close to almost 20 years. We're sort of in the 17th year. And uh, so you think everyone must have heard of us by now, but still lots and lots of people have never heard of us. So it's uh, it's always great to have uh, new friends come out, visit, say hi, learn about us. So anyways, um, look forward to uh, being back at the Garden Center today. And we do have a full, a full phone board. We're going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Oh, hi. Good morning. Uh, How can we help you? Yeah. I'm a, uh, an avid listener. I'm not the gardener in the family. My wife is. And uh, I've got a brown thumb. In fact, I even kill plastic plants when I touch them. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see if we can help you out. Okay, I send a text. Um, okay. It uh, looks like some type of a green weed that's growing in our lawn. And uh, I hope you got that. I would have sent it about oh, 20 minutes ago or so. Okay. I will take a quick look up here, so we're closer to the. Um, what's your last three phone no- of your phone number? The last uh, digits. Yeah. Uh, four five two one. Okay, I will take a look and see if I can find it, without giving. Oh no, four five three one four six three one. Four, five, um. So what is what is it this doing? Is this just a weed that's growing in your lawn? Yeah, and it, it's not over the whole lawn. It's in uh, portions of the lawn on both sides of our uh, walkway to the uh, sidewalk. And uh, it uh, it's green, and it almost looks kind of clovery looking, but it's all green. Okay. And uh, it uh, just comes up every year uh, for the last three or four years. And uh, uh, we've pulled it out, uh, which is quite a chore. Uh, Have you ever tried using Killex? Well, we've got a lot of birds and uh, flowers in our yeah. yard, and I didn't want to try anything that would. Uh, so, uh, what I would recommend is if you just spot spray, mm-hmm. um, you, you will. It, it's actually a fairly safe, and and it's just it's a, it's called a selective herbicide, so it's broadleaf herbicide, so it won't kill your grass. And if you just spot spray, I I really it does help. And and if you're using our lawn fertilizer, it chokes out a lot of the weeds. But I I would recommend because the more you cut it or the more you try and dig it out, you almost create more because you cut the roots yeah. and then you end up getting more and more. So if you if you just spot spray the the weeds, I I don't like recommending people spray the whole lawn. Um, I I do recommend just spot spraying. And even if you get closer to plants, what you can do is get yourself like a either a six inch tube or an old coffee can or some sort of thing where you can just lay it over top of the weed and then just spray down into the tube and then that way there's no chance of it spraying anything else. Okay, and so the Killex and uh, the, you recommended a lawn fertilizer? Yeah, I would recommend our Green It Up lawn fertilizer because again, it has the high middle number and okay. if we can get your grass growing it is it it'll typically choke out a lot of weeds it it is 
Yeah, because uh, it's it's fairly aggressive and invasive. So when if we get a nice healthy grass growing, it'll choke out a lot of weeds. So okay, and did you find the text on that one? I haven't found it, and I don't know why. I was wondering why the uh, what the weed might even be called. It's, yeah, uh, and I always wanted to know what the name of it was. But Terry, uh, did you see the text? No, I didn't. No, I, uh, yeah. I went through as well and couldn't find it. Yeah, sorry, it's I don't just know. It's a picture of the, the lawn itself with the uh, green in it. I didn't put a comment underneath it. Okay, okay, so no, so just the picture. Okay, I'll take another quick look here. Yeah, I don't see anything with just a picture. Unless I go a little bit further up. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I don't know. Maybe try and send it one more time, and and if it comes up at the top, I'll keep an eye out on it right now. Oh, I sure appreciate that, and sure enjoy your show, and uh, uh, always get lots of good comments and stuff here. It almost good. makes me want to turn to be the gardener in the family instead of my well, wife. <laughs> it's always good to get out, uh, a little effort, a little try, and... Uh, you yeah. can't usually can't kill too much. <laughs> no, when when she's away and she wants me to water her plants, I water everything: silk, plastic, uh, real plants. I uh, I doesn't matter to me anything that looks like it might be real. I'll water it. <laughs> well, that's good. All right. Well, thank well, you, you take so much. Care and have a great day. Thank you. You as well. Take I'll care. try bye -bye. and send that again. Bye bye. Okay. Thank bye. you. All right. Bye bye. Um, <clears throat> and says here we got one two. Hi, let's talk gardening. I've been gifted some rolls of sod that sat out the winter. I was told if you lay them upside down, they may survive. Any experience? Um, you can try. I've seen some of the sod that lays out all winter. Um, it just really goes dormant. Lay it down um, flat on some fresh loam. Start watering it. And if you see some green coming up, you might survive it. But if it was just laid out totally dry and dusty, it might just be totally desiccated. But with grass, I've seen some pretty dead lawns come back to life with a little bit of care, a little bit of uh, fertilizer. You'd be amazed at uh, what you can do. So give that a try, Charlotte, and uh, and hopefully that will help you out. All right. <clears throat> well, here we got a political one. I better not go on that one. And let's go... I don't want to dig into that right now. Actually, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we get Dave. back, we'll hit the phone lines. We got uh, uh, for for listeners uh, on the phone lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. We're going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hello there. My question pertains to the uh, city boulevard that's out in front of most houses. And yep. uh, in there, they, they put trees. Uh, I'm not sure it's the best environment for them, but they put trees in there. And we, we have been putting uh, opening a well around ours. And I noticed that most of the other trees uh, the city has, they don't do that. Um, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but uh, with all the um, salt and stuff, I was thinking maybe I should ask the question if that's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Tree well of some sort is typically good. Um, I like to call our city of Calgary Boulevard trees. They got sentenced to death row. So yeah. typically, it's it's uh, unfortunately the, some of the pr where they put these trees, 
it's just a, almost a zero success or a way of uh, surviving. Some of the newer areas, they've gone to a little bit wider and they're spacing them out a little bit further and they're not putting grass around them. They're actually putting mulch or something so they can actually survive. And uh, so I agree with you. Yeah, if you put a tree well around it, maybe throw a bucket or two of water on that tree once in a while, I think uh, if we help adopt a tree, help her survive, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, that was the question is because, you know, obviously our water stays closer to the trunk, whereas, you know, you guys always talk about drip line. But, uh, that, yeah, so that kind of answers it. Yeah, uh, those are hard, right? Because they have them sometimes on that little four or six foot um, meridian, and they have a, a elm tree that's trying to grow in that little spot. So it is it is tough. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep on doing what we're doing, and I don't suppose anybody's going to harm us, so. No, absolutely. So what I would do is, yeah, so give it some water, adopt a tree. I think if we all pitch in a little bit, we could probably help with our urban canopy and uh, help some of the trees around the city. All right. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Take care. Yeah, that one, and, and it is nice. I, in some of the new areas, I've definitely seen a better job, but I still see a lot of places where they plant trees and it's just they're not going to survive and it's just the wrong trees in the wrong spot and again i just uh i, I just wish they would uh work on that a little bit town oak Stokes has done a good job you go down that hill they they put in a big nice rocks in the meridian they have grasses they have some things that are drought tolerant they're not trying to grow big trees in the center meridian down a hill that just when you go into uh Cranston Riverstone, <laughs> like they just keep planting trees and they just die. They plant yeah. them and then they die. So, anyways, I just uh, yeah, the, the two, has done a really nice job. Yeah, and 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 like I said, they have them spaced out. They've have them planned. They have a great elm canopy that they've started. Like I said, I don't want to beat up on Cary too much, but I have seen in some of the new areas, like the Yorkvilles and the Sroccos and stuff behind Spruce Up. They they seem to be changing the tune on how how they're developing um, a bunch of the the new lines of trees, which is great. So, good job on that, and hopefully we can see more of that because um, I'd love to see a beautiful tree canopy here in Calgary. It uh, it makes all the difference to the city. Everyone just feels better with nice, healthy looking trees. Let's go to Darren. Good morning, Darren. Hello. I got a grass question. Okay. So in my backyard, it's been struggling for years. Um, so I've been doing some overseeding, trying different grass seeds. I added um, peat moss and some different soils. But in one section between, I have a great Dane. Um, so between him and pine needles, I just can't seem to get anything to grow. It just looks, it looks like drum heller. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and a lot of that is if you're near a big spruce tree, you were saying, as well? Uh, no, no spruce tree. I just got a, a pine tree there. Okay, okay. So pines, very similar. You get it? So what they do is they shed their needles, and yeah. they're, they, they're trying to recreate the forest floor. So those needles also work as protection, like they're all prickly, and so that makes it uncomfortable for pests to crawl up into them. And they like like they like what it does so what i always recommend underneath pines without trying to grow spruit or grass i just cut out the grass around the drip line 
and I put bark mulch and add a couple boulders or add some junipers or something that will survive underneath there. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. trying to grow grass underneath there is a, it's a tough go. I I got one right next to it that it's the grass is good, um, but yeah, it's just this one spot. I just can't seem to get anything. Yeah, so, so chances are, like you said, if you're trying, the only kind of grass that I've seen grow, it's called Ecolon. We carry it. It's a blend of seven different fescues, and mm-hmm. so I put like a top dress it with some fresh loam, put some Ecolon in there. And and water it really quite well to get it going. I've seen that survive underneath spruce trees. Okay. It's just and, if it and, depends how light, how much light it's getting, and how much moisture. Because most of the pine and spruce, they work like an umbrella, and they shed the yeah. water away from underneath it. All right, um, I'll probably stop by and look at some of that grass seed then. Okay. Yeah, it's called Ecolon. It's in a bright green bag. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye. And bye-bye. All right, where are we at for time? We're good. we got time for one more here. Let's go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Merle. Um, just a question. We are building um, raised garden beds in actual wooden boxes. And is it safe to put a tarp on the bottom? Um, did, what do you? Why would you want to do that? Just to hold the moisture? Um. How deep are you going to go? Oh, they're only about 12 inches deep. I would probably not do that because you kind of want some drainage. So if you hold oh. that, you might just create a reservoir where it just it doesn't breathe and drain out. Yeah. So newspapers, um, mulch, anything? Yeah, or just even this landscape fabric. But most of the time you don't have to put anything. If you just fill it up with your garden mix, you're right. you're fine. Yeah, we have yours. Yep, then so, you're, you're, you're good. Okay, so nothing. Just fill it up, and away you go. Okay, all right, we'll do that. Thanks a lot. All right, take care, Linda. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and if you'd like to join us, you might get on here. Actually, probably not. We only have, we only have uh, one more segment. We have three callers left. Um, We're going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Hi there. We did get, um, I did find the text from Bill, and uh, he has a nasty thing. It is a, it's called Creeping Bellflower, and it's very invasive. And it sometimes likes drinking uh, herbicides, so it uh, is a tough one. So I, I would definitely try the Killex and getting your grass growing um, with the green up. But yeah, you have a fairly um, bad case of this creeping bellflower so i would definitely spot spray it with the killex you might even like it, it if it keeps going the way it is and it like i said it's very invasive that one might need to uh create and we might need to dig more out but definitely try to especially with this heat coming up give it a few applications of the killex and see if that will take it out because uh that creeping bellflower can be pretty nasty. So I'm not sure. Have you ever had that in your garden, Terry? Yeah, I I have eradicated lots of it. Um, when I first took over my garden, it was full of it. So I still have pieces cropping up five, six years later that I have to get out there and get the fork and physically remove it right down. Yeah, so, so Bill, if you're listening, even if we have this, 
we have this little prong thing that you can use in your lawn. You poke it in, and then you, it pries out the weeds out of the grass. You might want to get one of those or these little, little things, but um, you have it pretty bad. I would between a combination of picking it out, digging the root out, and some Killex. I think uh, we might be able to help you out and then give it a shot of the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer to get your grass growing to help choke that out as well. But, yeah, that's an invasive, nasty little weed that we get in Calgary. Don't let it get to bloom. So this heat coming up next couple of days, definitely get out and get some Killex onto that thing and, uh, and see what you can do. And did we already do Linda, Renee, or is Linda there? Okay, we did. Okay, let's go to Larry. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. I was wondering, okay. I, I live on, uh, on 32nd Avenue and I'm okay. in a condo. And, nice. But the problem is I live on a hill, so the half of the yard goes down. So I wanted something that would be give a noise break from 32nd Avenue. So I wanted to plant three narrow trees in, yep. in, the, in, the, in the front yard because the fence is there, but it goes quickly down. Well, not, yeah. not that quickly, but... Yeah, no, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, so Swedish columnar aspens are probably one of your best bets for growing tall quickly. Is it aspen? Yeah, Swedish columnar aspen. Okay, Swedish aspen, okay. Yep, and they grow fairly quickly. Again, That's when you I plant want. a tree, first couple of years and, and continue on, that slow, deep watering, especially if you're on a slope, um, yeah. Make sure you just do that really slow drip watering that we talk about. A couple hours on each one, just a barely trickle coming out of the hose, um, going down. And uh, yeah, that's that's one that I'd recommend. Oh, okay then. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much then. Thanks, Larry. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, let's go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Hi. Hi there. Hey. I have an apple tree and it's really old and it's grown really tall and it needs pruning desperately. When is the right time for that? And also it has lots of dead branches in there. Do I have to chop it down or can it be uh, no, pruned I, to promote new growth? <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely it can. I would, I would definitely give Mark a call, prune it up, get him to come out and give you a free quote and he'll give you an assessment. And right now it needs to happen because all the new growth is coming out. And, so now, uh, it, not in the yeah. wintertime? No, right now it would be perfect because you have all the deadwood, the new growth coming out. It could mm -hmm. be done in the winter as well, but right now I would definitely do it because it's trying to revive. It's using all its energy on that old wood, trying to push it. Terry, oh. any other thoughts on that, like on the apple, old apple like that? Yeah, like you say, ideally the best time is sort of that um, – late winter um, to get in there um, is, is, is ideal but uh, yeah you don't want that tree pushing you know what energy or what it's got you know stored for energy um, into that tired old growth so um, yeah I would definitely get an arborist out there give Mark a call and have him look at it for you so you don't think I'll have to chop it down I wouldn't think so but without okay. seeing it I, I can't say but um, well, Mark like is a guy that doesn't top. Yeah, so that's a good sign. So Mark, he's one guy that doesn't like to cut trees down unless he absolutely has to. Oh, good, so, I need that kind of guy. <laughs> that's Mark. So he okay, will definitely... so this number that I'm phoning, this is what I'll phone a different number to get a hold of him? Yeah, you, if you phone the store, oh, um, you okay. can. 
Yeah, four zero three that two zero one seven five two five, and okay. then just listen to the prompts. It'll say to the prune it up, and you can leave a message. Or if you go online, you can go to our website and sign up there. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thank you, okay, and bye-bye. have a great day. Happy Mother's Day, Barbara. Bye bye. Oh, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and again, uh, happy Mother's Day to to my wife Carolyn. And to all the great mothers out there as well, and to uh, my mother-in-law, Gisela, um, happy Mother's Day to everybody. And uh, Terry, would you like to wish your wife a happy Mother's Day? Yeah, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. So happy uh, Mother's Day to my wife, Lisa, and also to uh, my mom, Lois, up in Edmonton. Yeah, you get to go up there and you get to visit the garden centers when you go see your mom. So you get to do that once in a while, which is good. I do, yeah. I always uh, try to haunt those when I'm up there, and I always, <laughs> always buy way more than I should, but uh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, again, th- thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, happy gardening, and we're going to get our garden on right here next week on QR Calgary. <laughs>